Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. Jenny Swigert once again bringing us a yoga-wearing soccer mom on a Thursday edition of We the People. Um, Sure. I, I hear that he went and changed and put yoga pants on to help me out. I don't know mission. that to be true. I'm going to just stay with it. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Jim Mundorf joining us from an undeclosed location in Western Iowa somewhere. Yes. <laughs> it's not, is it Red Oak? No, I'm, I'm outside of a real little town called McClellan. McClellan. Which is about 10 minutes east of Council Bluffs, Omaha area. Yeah. So. North of Red okay. Oak. Yep. The home turf. I was I was born in Red Oak, so. Yeah. I knew Jim's brother before I knew Jim, Jenny. Really? Yeah. That's what I, I need is I need a Jeff, a Jim, and a Jenny all on the same program. How, how would that be? That would be a tongue twister for me. That would be my brother-in-law, my husband, and myself. Oh, Jim's that, brother. I have a brother named John, too, so. <laughs> Are you guys related? <laughs> and Grandpa John, and then there's Grandpa Chris, and then there's Brother Chris, and then there's Cousin Chris. It gets complicated. And then Jim, there's three Uncle Jims and Grandpa Jim. Good Lord. Yeah. All right. So your idea with this Jim was that he had yeah. penned a piece about uh, the stimulus package in the name of COVID, which isn't much about stimulus. It's not a lot about COVID, but it's all about growing federal government. What it's was your thought there, Jenny? 780-some pages that here we go back to when I think we had a conversation with Danielle Hatfield. No one knows what is in these bills that are being passed. And thankfully, Jim had the foresight to go and dig in and see what was in this particular bill. And there's been five, I believe, stimulus bills. Is that correct? This Jim? is the sixth one. Or the sixth, okay. sorry. Um, and when you look at it, we dive into socially disadvantaged farmers and ranchers, but there's no definition of socially disadvantaged farmers and ranchers. And now we have Fox News reporting that white farmers are racist against black farmers. And they did a report on it. Um, I believe that they took some parts of what the couple of farmers who were on there had said. I believe some of that was taken out of context. Um, so I just want to get into what the bill actually says and make sure that people understand. I, for one, am more upset that $550 million over the last 31 years has supposedly gone to help our friends who are socially disadvantaged under whatever that definition is. And I don't see any, any improval, improvement or anything being done, really. So where'd that money go? Um, and then, yeah, that's that's the question for all of this stuff. And I guess what I should say, I, what I feel like I should say first is I've never wanted to, I never dreamed I would ever be writing about race. But then, you know, I saw there was an agriculture section in the COVID relief bill. And so I read it. 
And the thing that popped out to everybody that read the agriculture section is um, that the USDA or the federal government is paying off 120% of farm loans for socially disadvantaged farmers. And so for my question was, who is socially disadvantaged farmer? And to find that, it said to go back and read the 1990 Farm Bill. And that's where the definition was. And so I went Jim, to the Jim, can I interrupt you just a second? Because yep. you did not misspeak. 120%. Yes. How, how do you pay off 120% of a loan that at the time doesn't exist? And and that's of January 1st, 2021, which there's so many questions. And, and that's what I like. I don't know that this has ever been done before. And also like, I mean, what if you paid off your loan on January, on December 31st and then you get nothing or mm-hmm. you paid off your loan on January 2nd, are they just going to write you a check for everything, you know, the whole loan plus 20% of that loan? I mean, it doesn't, and the bill doesn't explain any of this. Um, and so um, <laughs> it just raises a ton of questions. And also it's, there's $4 billion set aside for that. And then there's also another billion in the bill um, set aside for this outreach and assistance, which, so that's how I got into think. I started learning a lot about outreach and assistance um, because it told me to go to the 1990 farm bill to find the definition of socially disadvantaged farmer and rancher. So when I went there to the section that it said, the definition was in, it wasn't the definition, but what it said was that $10 million in that section, it said $10 million every year in 1990 would be given for outreach and assistance to socially disadvantaged farmers and ranchers. Um, And I found that interesting because the reasoning that given in the COVID relief bill was because the USDA has been um, discriminated against socially disadvantaged for decades. That's what the Senator who, who was, I think it was Senator Warnock who kind of takes responsibility for putting this into the bill. He's out of Georgia. And, um, and so then you look back 31 years ago and you find out that this outreach and assistance was being given. So for three decades that the, that the USDA was supposedly discriminating against socially disadvantaged, they were actually giving, um, tens of millions of dollars for outreach and assistance and, and how that went how that was paid out according to the bill was there was some for land grant colleges, but I, I think a lot of it went to what they called community-based organizations. And the, and the requirements for the community-based organization was that you had to assist the socially disadvantaged. Um, so, you know, my thought process. Well, those are lobbyist groups, community-based organizations are lobbyist groups that have been getting tens of millions of dollars mm-hmm. for 31 years. And those lobbyists, same lobbyist groups have, um, and this is just how I drew <laughs> in my brain. This is how I came to the conclusion. Those same lobbyist groups are the ones that are more than likely responsible for getting the 120% of the loans paid because the USDA has been racist. It's just kind of like a shell game um, where this money just, you know, the USDA, they claim that the USDA is racist. So the USDA gives them money and it happens over and over and over. I went back through every farm bill from 1990 and I just searched the term socially disadvantaged. And in 1996, it didn't even come up, but everyone since then, 
so they skipped the 1996 bill, but everyone since then has given tens of millions of dollars for this outreach and assistance. The 2018 Farm Bill gave $50 million per year for outreach and assistance to the socially disadvantaged farmer rancher. And so, and, and, and so, so the moral of the story, Jim, is that while today we have a lot of people with their hackles up, uh, this has been happening, and you document it back to 1990. We've been giving money to lobbyist groups who say they're representing socially disadvantaged farmers for a long time, 30-plus years. Who knows? Probably since FDR, the ultimate guru of executive orders. I guarantee it's been happening since then. We just didn't pay attention. Right, and and the crazy thing is this COVID bill that gives out 120% tells you to go back and look, and instead of giving the definition, if you keep reading down, you'll find – where they say um, a socially disadvantaged group is anyone who has disp- experienced discrimination because of their race or, race or ethnicity. Mm-hmm. And so it still really doesn't give a definition. Um, and so my conclusion was that because, so because of an earlier article, I looked into you know, some of the things and I had found this Pigford versus Glickman. And that's what they go back to constantly to say that, well, the U.S. this proves that the USDA was racist and it was a group of black farmers. Um, and that's how they describe themselves. I, I prefer to see everyone as farmers, <laughs> but there's a group of black farmers and they sued the USDA for discrimination. Um, they said that they're they weren't given loans. They were foreclosed on. Um, there was a number of different claims and the USDA. And this is and so the, after all this went through. Well, I guess I'll just say they were given a billion dollars, the largest civil rights um, payout from the U.S. government happened in 1999 to this group of black farmers. And they were given over a billion dollars then. After that happened, a whole lot more of them came through and said we were discriminated against also. So in 2010, during the Obama administration, Tom Vilsack, Secretary of Agriculture, they gave out another, I think, $1.15 billion. And according to the New York Times, the total payout was $2.25 billion um, for discrimination against. But who did that? Uh, no, 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 no. We have to take a break. We are not going to discriminate against anybody. We're going to cut everybody off at one time. Lone Creek Cattle Company providing the opportunity to be a part of a brand of beef program. Get more details about certified Piedmontese by going to the website, LoneCreekCattleCo.com. Not to be confused with Lonesome Lands. It's LoneCreekCattleCo.com. We didn't even set that up properly. More roll out after this. Welcome back to Roll Route. Trent Luce alongside Jim Mundorf, Jenny Swigert on a Thursday. We, the people... Uh, yeah, by the way, we did not do this properly. We mentioned Jim comes to us from Iowa, where there's a little, little debacle that we could talk about maybe later on uh, whether the Iowa people will actually get the representative they voted for. Uh, but Jim is an, a rancher, an artist, fantastic horn artist. And I'm not talking about a violin. I'm talking about one of those horns, which we see hanging behind him, and then started pinning his mind because he was working on horns so much. He got all this pent up frustration about things he was reading. So he started allowing that therapy to take place at Lonesome Lands blog, doing a fantastic job. Thank Everything you. Is that all accurate, Jim? 
Yeah, I I think I just started writing because I wanted to write. And then once I started, it wasn't that I was frustrated, but once I started looking at, at how things are operating, that's that's when I, I was back being blissfully ignorant um, before I started writing. And then you start looking into things and, and that's where the frustration sets in. Yeah, uh, I, I like ironies. And if I remember correctly, the Pigford versus Glickman case was a group of Tennessee farmers. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was. I, re, I remember specifically. Uh, they were in the Memphis area. And the irony of that is that Fox News has some white farmers from Tennessee who they make appear to be racist. That's not coincidental that everything's from Tennessee, Jenny. And they say that they reached out to minority farmers and they weren't given a response. However, there is another mainstream journalist. um, ah, The name is very similar to We the People who did go out and he did find black farmers and um, that if you go out and search for the Fox News broadcast, I think that you can find the gentleman who could, because he went ahead and he retweeted it, which is how I found it. Um, I'll look during the next break and see if I can find the name. Okay. But the moral of the story, Jim, that everybody needs to know is, We've just been doing this forever, and it's not just black folks. It, the right. tribes are getting special treatment, pre- preferential treatment, even in the executive order that which we call thirty thirty, which is all about climate change. The tribes gets uh, completely left out of the equation. If there's oil exploration on a reservation, oh, that's okay because that doesn't harm the environment. But if there's oil exploration that some corporations doing in the Bakken, not on a reservation, that's harmful to the environment. It, we talk about equality every single day, but there's not much equality coming out of what's happening right now. And how would we, I mean, we're only at 1.8% and I'm not unfavoring or discriminating against other groups, but there's only 1.8% of our farmers that are black. So if we've been giving out all of this money, why isn't that number higher? And where is that number going? Jim nailed it. It's not going to and, the people. It's going to the groups that represent, they say, the people. But what are that was where I was going is who are those groups? And what exactly are those groups doing? Like I, yeah, I put out, I want the receipt. I want to see where the money went. And right. I mean, and that's. That has been a lot of the outreach in the language is is to get is to get minorities involved in agriculture, and so the people responsible for that would be the USDA and the groups that they're giving this money to. Um, and they obviously have failed because now we're at the point where you know we're paying 120% of loans, and and there's not enough of them, or there's not enough minority farmers. Um, and so, yeah, and, and to me, like I said, it's, it's like a shell game. Like the lobbyists get the money, they get their people elected, the people that they get elected put more money into the bills, and it just keeps going in a circle. Um, and going back to like the Pigford and Glickman, the New York Times wrote an extensive expose and, and did a 
really deep investigation into the, that settlement. And one of the things that in that article, if you read it, if you pay your membership fee, you know, all these people kept, um, kept coming forward and saying they were discriminated against, um, like two full in the article, it explains that two full, um, apartment complexes right next to each other in Columbus, Ohio, almost every resident in those apartment complexes claimed that they were discriminated against by the USDA. And in order to get those claims filed, they had to um, pay a membership fee to these groups, these same groups, I'm assuming that are the same community-based organizations that are being given tens of millions of dollars out of every farm bill. So you have to pay your membership fee to those groups and then they'll get your, get your um, settlement, you know, they'll file your claim. And I assume because there's no language in this COVID relief bill about how to actually go about this or who even, you know, there's no definition really of who qualifies as socially disadvantaged. I am going to guess that the way that you figure all that out is going to these community-based organizations who again have been given tens of millions of dollars of from every farm bill and you're gonna they're gonna say yeah you become a member and we'll help you sign up and so then you pay them they'll they take your money they contribute they you know they pay themselves they contribute to the next politician that they want their campaign that they want elected and and the circle just keeps going and and that's the point and and nobody really talks about it and and i don't know how you would ever stop the circle especially when you get into these numbers that we're into now i mean a billion dollars out of this covid relief bill are being given to those organizations too so you know i mean membership fees are nothing compared to what they're getting from taxpayer dollars is there a way that usda has a list i would assume yeah and and that's that's the thing Trent said, you know, I'm, I'm putting horns together and, and farming in Southwest Iowa. I'm not really an investigative reporter. All I did was really research. All I did was read the bill, which if you read the articles written about the bill, it's obvious that the media doesn't read these bills. They just they're told they're giving talking points like people have told me, well, the, tw- the extra 20 percent is to pay the taxes. And that's what's being reported. And I've said, you know, I've said, well, I'm not going to put that in my article because that's not in the bill. I mean, someone, you know, that's what the politicians who stuck this thing in the bill want out there. But for me, I mean, all the bill says is 120 percent is being paid out. And so that's that's what should be reported. And also in some of these reports, they're giving specific groups that are minority groups that are being given the money. Well, there's no specific minority group listed in that bill. Or in the or in the 1990 farm bill that they sent you to, so there's really no way of knowing. But the, you know, a lot of these articles will say that. So the, the overall thing that really irritates me, which is the kindest word I can say on the air, is that the premise here is that you can't be a farmer unless the USDA has a program for you. That's that's the overall premise. Is what's being said. Kelly and I have never taken a dollar from the USDA. Never right. been to FSA office. We never sign up. I have zero dependence on the USDA in terms of being a farmer. Now, there are things in terms of meat inspection and, and things that need to happen for food safety and some export added value projects. But the USDA does not create my opportunity to be a farmer. 
Right, and, if and, you and yet that's what they're they're industry. making it sound like that if the USDA doesn't say you you can be a farmer and here's your program, you can't be a part of it. That's right, and, and so the the hundred and twenty percent that's being paid off, if you want to talk about discrimination, who's really being discriminated against is anybody who hasn't taken out a farm loan, FSA loan from USDA. Because even if you're a socially disadvantaged and you didn't go through the USDA, you don't get your bills paid. And, yeah, and secondly, I'll just add that this touches our nerves because it's agricultural money and it's supposedly coming into the agricultural community, which it's not. But every single industry has this happening and has been happening for 50 years. We're not exclusive. This kind of fat and waste has been going on forever. And I hope what's happening now brings an awareness and wakes everybody up that, hey, you need to be on top of this. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much more of a wake-up call that could be. Well, um, but there'll be people that won't pay attention or poo-poo you and say, oh, he's just an Iowa farmer racist. That's what they do. Right. And that's, you know, and, and I, I guess we sh- I should say, I feel like I should always say, well, I'm not a racist. but You don't, I don't need to say that. You, I you, know. You, you absolutely do not need to say that. Everybody and, knows that. But right. there'll be people that'll try to pit, pit us all that way. Yeah, we have to take another break. I am partial to my clock. That's what I'm really partial to. Nijin, creating opportunities for farmers of all colors, creeds, and races to be a part of identifying the alleos that are present in your breeding animals. You can do that in uh, bulls, chickens, all of our boars we test, every single calf we test. You just need to know more about what's going on genomically. It's taken a DNA fingerprint Get more details about how Neogen can shine a light on your genetic future. Even your puppy can be tested. Not for eating quality, just to see what origins are. Get details at Neogen.com. We'll be back with the second half of Brawl Route after this. Remember details about certified Piedmontese at LoneCreekCattleCo.com. Welcome back. Brawl Route, Trent Lewis, Jenny Swigert. Jim Mundorf joining us from Iowa. Uh, Jim, I don't even know what 1.9 trillion is. How much is that? I mean, that's that's what it is. 1.9 trillion. Jay Truitt, who is a lobbyist who joins us regularly on this program on Tuesdays, he actually read every page of the 780-page bill. Kudos to him. He evaluated where the money went, and he told me 75% of the money in this bill goes into other government programs. So if you really look at the money where it's flowing, it's flowing into state government. It's flowing into programs like the one Jim's bringing to our attention. It's flowing into creating bigger government at every level. And that's what should have people shaking in their shoes. All this bill is doing is government. It's it's a shell game. Jim nails it. It's a shell game taking money from here to put it there to make it look like it's doing something that it's not. What's the res- right. what's the response been, Jim? How many? What? Anybody arguing with you? That's what I really want to know. No, not too much. Like I said, there's people who've been like, "Well, you know," they're saying, "Well, it's the the extra twenty percent is going towards taxes," or you know, they're. I mean, there really isn't an argument, and that's and that's kind of how I I try to write everything. I always I always try to think of what people are going to say, and then I put it in the article, like my response. Um, but I think, and and you know, the argument is always going to be, you know, I guess like what Jenny said, anybody that pushes back against this is going to say, 
well, if you have a problem with this, then you're a racist and you don't understand the, you know, the, the struggle or whatever. Um, but it's not just racism. We've, we've not touched on a very important group. It could also be considered sexism. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what I was going back to is the, what I think everybody needs to realize and not just, um, after looking at this, it, it just kind of, it becomes really obvious and it's not just agriculture, but going back to black lives matter or any of these, you know, your black farmer group, Hispanic, native American, any of those groups, you have to think about who, um, <clears throat> who would hurt, who would be hurt the most if racism no longer exists, if everyone saw everyone as equal, who would, what would happen to black lives matter? And so, and you have to look at them and you have to look at that through that, you know, though we're constantly being, American people are constantly being taught that we we're in a racist country. You know, if you're white, you're just born racist. They have to keep pushing this racism to grow there. That's how they grow. Racism helps Black Lives Matter. It helps all these individual groups. And so that's why they want it constantly in the news. And, and that's, that's how they gain is more racism is better for all these groups. And so that's what they want. Jenny expand upon the female aspect, which is by the way, the fastest growing segment of all farm ownership. It is finally. Mm -hmm. And I, I, it has existed. It wasn't until four years ago, I believe that the USDA actually allowed two people to be put on top or on the, um, the survey as primary owners, where before it was only, you could only put one and it was generally the husband, the man that was placed on there. Um, I do a time out. Don't do this politically correct stuff saying the husband, the man, like the (laughs) husband could be a woman. Go ahead. So if we filled out the form, it would be sent to my husband and my husband would fill it out. My husband works full time off the farm, but there would not be a spot for my name on that survey. And it wouldn't be sent to myself. It would be sent to him. And through the efforts of many, many, many people, that was finally changed. And now we're getting accurate statistics. Before four years ago, it said, it being the statistics, said that very few farmers were women, which was absolutely not true. There's many of us who are on the farm while our husbands are off working so that our families can have health insurance. Yes, it's growing, but I think it was already there, but because of statistics, nobody knew. Well, I don't care whose name's on our farm papers, to be honest with you. I don't even want my name on a USDA anything. But throughout the course of American farm history, it's been a team effort. Take, for example, my mom, who she was 42 years a registered nurse. And that registered nurse benefit did the same thing that you're talking about in your family, Jenny. And that the income was needed to make it. But when she got done nursing, she'd come home, she'd wash frowing house or she'd do whatever it took to be a part of the team. So keeping the farm in business today doesn't necessarily mean that 
everybody's in the family working on the farm, it, unfortunately, it takes off farm income or it, uh, perks, as in healthcare, to keep the farm going. That's so, the part that gets left out. And, and a lot of those dollars, though, I believe are figured based on socially disadvantaged and what would be a socially disadvantaged group of people in our country, and it would be women. Mm-hmm. So um, what about Five Mary's pig- Farm? <clears throat> yeah, and, and I guess in the Pigford Glick, go back to Pigford Glickman, once that was mostly based on black farmers, but also after that payout happened in the 2010, the most recent one, then a lot of other groups came forward and there was Hispanic payout. And there was, if you were a female farmer, you could have claimed um, discrimination by the USDA and gotten a payment. (laughs) So you were, you were included. I mean, females were included back then, but I think that goes to, another point of once this money starts rolling out, you know, every, every group possible is gonna, is gonna want it. And the only, so the only way to stop that is to not have the money roll out. Um, but so I, get I guess, what are the women groups? What are the female groups organizations that were given that money? I guess is where. I'm well, going. yeah. Or yeah, because, that, that that settlement was a class action, and so there was a group that got together that wanted their own settlement. I don't know what to, if there was an organization or I'm not. So, Jenny, I hear you trying to say you, you want to clarify who's <clears throat> getting the money. I want to just get rid of giving the money away. And that would be fine uh, as it, well. It, it, in all parts, not just in agriculture, in energy, in transportation, I want just to become supply and demand. Get rid of all of these safeguards and we will all be better off. I think one would lead to the uh, the next because if, people, if, if the American people can see where the money goes, mm-hmm. then hopefully they would be smart enough to use their votes and vote for people who aren't going to be pushing this stuff through or catering to those groups. Um, and that's, <clears throat> I think that's kind of the point also. I mean, none of this, none of these groups are listed and, and I think there's a reason. And I, I think a lot of it, I'll, I'll constantly go back to the media. I mean, they're just not doing their job as far as, I mean, there could be an investigated journalist go into this deal and, and, and it's 120% and the billion dollars that's going to, outreach and assistance and show the lobbyist groups that this is going to and what that money is going towards. And it would be, you know, it would be a really interesting report, but that kind of stuff just doesn't get done anymore. And reading that New York times article that was written in 2013, it's like a breath of fresh air because that kind of stuff in those kind of publications just does not get done anymore. Especially something that questions, you know, race or, any left-wing ideology that just doesn't happen. The the theme of my day today has been, Jim, that, I mean, stemming from the Washington Post admitting they lied quietly and a correction on page 74 of a 54-page publication. Uh, I I don't know how we can read any publication, use any major media outlet, and believe anything they tell us anymore. We just have to tune them out because they're just so biased and outright lying. 
Right. And the people are the, the people that are going to believe it are the ones that want to believe it. But yeah, and I don't I don't know. Right. <laughs> Good I morning mean, America. Yesterday morning had an interview with Biden and oh, and I'm not a Trump fan. So don't pin this against well, it's because you love Trump. I'm just tired of the blame game and half of everything he answered was well, it was because of Trump's administration that we're having to do this. And a lot of the things that he said were then glorified after that interview was over and they were doing the recap before they went to a So obviously, I'm guessing that they are Democratic biased on that, on that station. And then I think a lot of times Fox News is a Republican not anymore, show? but go ahead. But but how do we know that? I mean, mm-hmm. I have no way of trusting what so anybody is saying. Why do you watch any of them? It just happened to be on when I walked in, and I just and happened that- to catch the Fox News report because of Casey Kimbrell on Twitter, um, which this is one thing I wanted to bring up. He said, FYI. All but one of my minority farmer family friends and neighbor will not qualify for these special benefits. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that too. That that's the moral of the story. The money doesn't even get to what they claim it's going to. Yeah, and I well I asked him I saw that tweet and I asked him, I said, Why aren't they qualifying? He he just said, Well, because they don't take out FSA loans. So really the USDA is discriminating against Anybody, well, I mean, and especially socially disadvantaged that don't use their program. Mm-hmm. And we do not. So, Jim, we just have to make a pact between the three of us right here and now that that we follow up on this and find out where this money does go. Yeah, and I mean... and that's, I, I know you're a horn c- cattle rancher, but we're going to have to dedicate some time. But, then, I mean, the name that... And and I don't I you know because when you write these kind of things you do have to be careful because if somebody gets mad the head their obvious response is going to be to sue you especially if they've just been given a billion dollars for outreach and assistance I mean these places are well financed um, but there are names that that come up I mean the the name that is definitely prevalent in a lot of this research is is and, and I don't know the exact but it's like American Black Farmers. And there's the lobbyist, the main lobbyist who had like deep connections with with Vilsack. His name is John Boyd Jr. Um, and he's the one who, yeah. over the years, has constantly really been pushing for more well, money. More just money. as a reminder, it's Iowa's fault we have Vilsack. We have to take a break. Yeah. More rural route. One more segment after this. Welcome back, Rural Route. We are into the final segment. The only person, Jim Mundorf, in 20 years of doing interviews that ever hung up on me or got belligerent. And I've done a lot of interviews with people who just flat don't agree with. Tom Vilsack as Secretary of Agriculture. Click buzz. Trent, I don't even know why we're having this conversation. Boom, gone. Yeah, and, and <laughs> because I'm holding you accountable, that's why. <laughs> how I would describe Tom Zil- Vilsack is the last president talked a lot about the swamp. I would say Tom Vilsack is the swamp. He became Secretary of Agriculture. He went out, became 
I think he was in charge of the dairy checkoff and he was no, making a million. No. He was ma- paid a million dollars to be the head of the Dairy Export Federation f- and he did nothing. What right. what was the wealth uh, the health of the dairyman when he started yeah. and and 5 million dollars later. That's what I was going to say how many dairies went bankrupt while he was, you know, during that exactly. four year span it was yeah. unbelievable. So it was checkoff money, but it was the dairy export group federation that that paid him. Right, and then Why? you know, and my my question is in one of the articles I wrote was if you know the USDA has been documented to be given outreach and assistance to socially disadvantaged for thirty one years, and now it's so now they've been shown as such racist over that over the last few decades that they now have to pay out one hundred twenty percent of these loan payments. Well, who at the USDA is getting fired? Who are the mm. racists? How come we can't name the racists? And if someone has, you know, there's been all these studies that go in that show, well, you know, minority groups aren't getting loans. Um, and so they say that the only reason for that could be that they're a minority and has nothing to do with credit. Rate. Oh, how about that? I don't oh, think no. Tom Bilsack appreciates that guy from Iowa. Who uh, was shedding some light on the facts, but he'll be back. Uh, in an unrelated, uh, totally oh, related. Is he still there? I think we still have audio. Jim? Yeah, we still have audio. I do not. Jim, you need to log out. If you can hear me, you need to log out and come back in. Yeah, that'll work. But uh, have you seen his work, his artwork with horns, Jenny? Yes. It's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. Um, and. And for those that are asking where to find Jim's work, I did have scrolling across the bottom lonesomelands.com. Yeah, you're here. Go ahead. Jenny was going to say something. I want to tie broadband into this, um, but let's continue. But I do want to tie broadband into this as well. Okay. I don't even know where I was. Oh, I was talking about, oh, yeah, who's who's getting fired at the USDA? (laughs) So they're claiming that that the USDA is such racist that we now need 120 percent paid. Why can't why can't a study be done and and just root out the racism and then no, you know, then we don't have to pay any more money. Obviously, because they don't want to do that. But and I, I think this is all causing a larger divide than it is bringing us together, which I yeah. think is supposed to be the overall goal yeah, absolutely. and premise of all of it. And that's that's the sad part of it all. Um, so last week. Um, I'm assuming that we lost you, Jim, because of internet issues. And last week on the uh, interview you had with Jay, Trent, you were mm-hmm. talking about the money that went to, is it Emporia, Kansas? That was CARES Act money that went into Lyon County. And it's not just Lyon County. This is happening all across the country. It's just that the individuals in the county commission and the city of Emporia have decided to use their CARES Act money uh, in ways that infringes upon people's property rights in that county. And that was an example of what's happening. And all of this money is just going to continue to flow in. And you better know how to protect your property rights because they're coming to take them. Yet that area has no broadband. And there's people like Jacqueline Luffler who has to go up on the hill behind her house in order for her to talk to me. And she's not very far from there. Mm -hmm. So that struck a chord with me and the property rights. And then the second article that Jim wrote 
was about um, the 28 million acres that need to be moved around. Can you go into that a little bit? Yeah, so Cory Booker has introduced a bill, and he, what he would like to see is, and it's mainly for black farmers. He, This isn't just all socially disadvantaged, but he said for black farmers, he wants 20,000 per year, 20,000 farmers per year given 160 acres every year for, I think, nine years. And so that ended up being 28.8 million acres. And to put that in a reference point, the state of Ohio is 28.6 million acres. So he, and how he wants to do that is he wants the USDA to buy the land on the open market is how he described it. And then give the land over in 160 acre chunks to anyone who identified, there was three things. Let me see if I remember them. They have to identify as black. They have to have at least one ancestor who goes back to Africa or one ancestor of African origin or something like that. And then I can't remember the other one, but those were the two main things um, as far as anyone who qualified. So you don't have to be involved in agriculture. You don't have to ever have done anything. I mean, you could come straight out of the middle of the city and have never even seen a farm and apply according to his bill that he introduced and apply and be given 160 acres, no charge. Um, It's worth emphasizing what you just said. This is a bill that's presented to what was signed as the COVID relief act of 1.9 trillion. That money is going to go somewhere. This is a bill that still has, has not been brought to the floor, but has been presented. Yeah. What, what state is he from? New Jersey. Booker. And and how many oh. acres of farmland do they have there? Oh, how, I, much, how many farms does he have access to to understand I can't remember, what farming? But I, I, about? I, I for the article I looked up where they ranked in agriculture production. I think it was fortieth or forty first. And I think it's important to note that he's on the ag subcommittee. So why you know him and. A guy from Vermont. <clears throat> is it Leahy that's from Vermont? Yeah. I don't know. But both of those are in the last 10 states of agriculture production. Like, why are these senators well, from Corey, Corey Booker isn't even – Patrick Leahy, in all, I mean, I'm not standing up for him, but he, he has been – he reaches – I've spoken in Vermont several times. He does reach out to the farming community and tries to pay attention. Cory Booker yeah. is trying to tell the farming community what to do. And he lives in a, a city. He proudly talks about being a vegan, and he's really wanting to change the lifestyles of the American public. He took this seat on the Senate Ag Committee as an urban dweller vacated by my senator, Ben Sass, who thought he had bigger and better things to sit in on. So, yeah, yeah. it, it t- should touch everybody's nerve. I don't. I mean, the people it should touch the most is people in New Jersey. Like, what are you doing for the people that, you're getting, that are electing you? When you're sitting on the ag committee, but yeah, that that bill is it, it was just mind blowing to read because it's obvious no one involved in agriculture ever had anything to do with writing it. And the craziest thing about the end of the bill is that they also put the the fifty fourteen cattle legislation, although they changed it to fifty seven, but they put that in the end of the bill. I'm I'm assuming to get some support from from people that are looking to get that through. But. Yeah, uh, completely ignoring the fact 
that the Homestead Act in 1862 granted a person or a family at 160 acres. In 2021, who makes a living on 160 acres? Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's what they said. They want they want there to be more black farmers. And they they also in a lot of this stuff, they even even the covid bill, they talk about, well, how many fewer black farmers there are now than there was in like 1910. Well, I mean, a little thing called the Industrial Revolution happened and there's way less farmers of any race or ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Um and and they don't really get into that. They just say they they want it to seem like yeah know, the minorities uh, have been pushed out. And a little bit of history, which Jim and I are both very fond of, the Chisholm Trail era, which created the cowboy culture. Forty percent of those vaqueros, those cowboys trailing cattle north, were freed black slaves. That was a huge opportunity if that's really what they wanted to pursue to be a part of agriculture for their future. I I say they chose not to. Who's the government to come in and ask you need to do that? Jim, it's a two-minute warning, Jim. What's that? Just giving it a two-minute warning. Okay. But, yeah, I would say in the the 1860s and and up to the 1960s, there's there's definitely discrimination that did happen. Um, And it kind of of negates – I am going to interrupt you just because Jay Truett, our favorite lobbyist, actually has a great idea. Uh, I have uh, court uh, records from places around the country that Bill Gates owns farm property. I've been uh, accumulating those. Jay Truett suggests that that would be the land that we should take to start with. Um, And we don't promote taking anybody's land. But if we divide up Bill Gates' land, I don't think anybody would shed a tear. All right, Jenny, one minute. If anything anyone takes away from this is it goes back to doing the hard work, doing the research, and figuring out what the heck is going on. Because like you said, or Andrew said, you said about Andrew Trent last week that Andrew, who is from the UK, correct? Correct. He knows more about our government, our constitution, than... 80, 90% of our general public. I agree. And it doesn't take hard, a hard, it doesn't take much, you know, just sit down and start reading the bills. Go to the websites um, and, and educate yourselves because there's so much going on that we do not realize is going on. Um, and it's, it's about the people. We are the people and we need to do the work. I sense that a lot of people are starting to identify as black women farmers. Jim Mundorf, your profound parts of wisdom for the day. Yeah, I guess, well, going back to what something Jenny said was stop paying attention to the media. Like you said, well, why are you watching it? Um, I mean, and if you do watch it, you know, always have that sensor of what are they trying to make me think? Like, that's how I, that's how I read things and watch things. Like, what are these people trying to make me think and trying to make me believe? And why are they doing that? Um, and yeah, if, if you don't believe them, then shut them off or, or quit clicking on it. And be a, a solution provider. Exactly what's taking place this weekend. I can't wait to get to Brush in Sterling, Colorado to celebrate Meat End Day. And all of that came about because a governor made a proclamation that proved he was ignorant to the importance of agriculture and meat consumption. 
and people just didn't sit back and whine and complain. They're gathering this weekend on Saturday, meet-in day, all throughout the state of Colorado and showing that meat consumption and production is vital to a healthy planet and a healthy human being. Lonesome Land Lands, LonesomeLands.com to keep track of Jim's activities and his artwork. We've successfully journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban America. Jenny, Jim, and myself remind you, all roads do lead to a roll route.